Hey everybody, welcome back to Sing Second Podcast. We're back, we're ready to go. We're gonna talk about uh, some news things coming up. We're gonna talk about some rule changes, some combine, that kind of stuff. Uh, thanks again for following us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and emailing us at all those places. And uh, thanks for listening to us on podcast.com and Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. And uh, for the nice reviews and that kind of stuff. So we do appreciate all that kind of stuff. Do you think anyone listens on podcast.com? That's where everybody starts to because they always come to me and uh, ask why it's not working for them. I was like, oh, are you, <laughs> are you on podcast.com? Do you have an iPhone? Yep. Yeah, that's, that's why. So I think that's where everybody is at least trying to start listening to them. I think if they are at a desktop, that's kind of what they're yeah. listening to. And then if they're on mobile... Then, yeah. then you got to go to the apps. Well, uh, and honestly, I think when when I tell people who ask me about it, it's like, oh, yeah, do you have an iPhone? Just hit the, the podcast uh, app. They almost seem shocked that <laughs> we're big time enough to yeah. be on something so accessible. I, most people that I'm telling that don't even know that they have a podcast app on their That's iPhone. That's true. <laughs> it's about 50-50 yeah. on people who listen to a lot of podcasts yeah. and the ones that say, like, oh, welcome to Apple Podcasts. But... I think we've gone way too long without saying welcome back to Danny. He, yeah, he was the guest. first. He was the first one with uh, that even said anything. Like he wasn't even gone last time. Oh yeah, thanks for not kicking me off. <laughs> yeah, thanks dude, for letting me come back. I know you listened to it. Can you give us a grade on what it was like without you? Well, obviously it was terrible. Yeah, just, but I'm not enough, Danny. I'm not back enough. to make it good again. Yeah. I'd, and it's I didn't. Like I didn't listen to it either. Sorry. <laughs> oh, jeez. I thought. I thought I could have counted on you to listen no. to it when it was uploaded. I only listened to hear my voice. Yeah. So not only you coming back being good. What else is good with you, Danny? Well, it's a leap year, right? The Today we're recording on February 29th. Yeah. And so I would like to uh, wish Ja Rule a happy 11th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I tried that joke earlier with my wife. She gave also a similar like half laugh. <laughs> Did you have to Google just famous person born on leap day? Um, or did you just have the I think jaw I, rule? No, it was like a, one of those things that pops up in your news feed. Like oh. Famous people who have this as their birthday. Yeah, I was wondering. And then, I, of course, you, you think, well, so if this is your birthday, then how, you know, three out of four years, you don't actually have a birthday, right? Yeah. And then Ja Rule is the most famous one. Tony Robbins also. He's like, I don't know, 15 or something now. Hmm. So, Ja Rule. Can't even drink and yet had one of the biggest scandals <laughs> in the last 20 years. You know Ja Rule? Yeah. Oh. Just, just from the intro to the one Jennifer Lopez song? Yeah. That, that's Andy, how. you know Ja Rule? Probably the same okay. there with that. I'm gonna Jay sing it song. to you. Millennial man. test. Now you've sung enough on this podcast, and I think it'll probably come out. We're all good. <laughs> well, something will probably come up. So what's good with you then, Kyle? Well, so right before we turn it on, I asked Danny and I asked the group like how how specific we could be about where we're actually from, or if we just wanted to be Joe American and not have a real hometown. And, and Danny said he wants to keep it vague. So. I'm going to try to keep my what's good as vague as possible. Uh, I've mentioned a couple of times that uh, I'm a coach, and I'm, I'm not even going to tell you what sport it is, but <laughs> it's, a, it, it's one that involves a, a round, spherical, orange ball. 
Uh, but we uh, we qualified for the state tournament this last week. And Congratulations. It's honestly one of the cooler things that I've done in my career as, as a teacher. And this is just from a guy who really does nothing more than just sit on the bench and, and kind of cheer the cheer the team on. But uh, it was awesome to see, awesome crowds at the games. And it was probably two of the best atmospheres that I've ever been a part of in a, in a high school game. So uh, kudos to all of our listeners that happened to be at that game. And I know a lot of the the people that go to our school that listen to our podcast were a part of that crowd and and honestly i i can speak pretty much for the entire team it's just like it was unbelievable the support that we got and obviously we won both games by about 15 points and the home court advantage was probably a huge part for the majority of that yeah i would agree on the home home court thing it's it's been a lot of fun it's always good when a school gets something to celebrate and something to be proud of it kind of Lifts the spirits of everybody walking the halls. Yep. Yeah, it was kind of cool to be around there on Friday. And obviously, 1,200 kids, probably only 500 maybe really care about it, but that's a good enough portion for me. And it was just kind of fun. It's, it's fun to see our team, who's put in a lot of time and effort, uh, kind of be rewarded for it because uh, it's been a long time coming. Yeah, happy for my, my coach friends. Yep. I was going to get a great video of you guys <laughs> celebrating after the win, and uh, but it turned out one of our players ran onto the court a little too soon. Yep. And so instead of capturing the video of my coach friend celebrating, I got a video of one of my coach friends screaming at his athlete to get off the court. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, and like <laughs> it's said, a good video. Uh, one, of, one of the things that I, j- I just said was I'm just a guy who uh, sits on the end of the bench and gets the best seats in the house. And Apparently, I need to improve my NBA like give back yeah. motion because yep. that's that's the one job that you always see the guys on the end of the bench doing. It's like, oh no, give back, give back. For really, in most cases, people not even trying to get on the floor, but it's just nice to be the get back guy. Uh, that's something to work on at practice. I mean, obviously, you don't need to work on the basketball stuff with the easy wins that you've had, but you maybe yeah. just want to work on like bench technique. Yep. This week, we once had. Uh, Part not not in the last couple of years, but one of my first years of coaching, uh, one of the head coaches that I had before, actually sat the girls down and, and practiced what we were going to do if our our team made a free throw and had like some choreographed. Oh yeah, we took some time out of practice to do that. And so, yeah, uh, just kind of piggybacking off of Danny and his coach friends last night. Uh, Danny asked for a hug from one of his <laughs> coach friends, and uh, he obliged. Yeah, and and he got it. So from just it's good vibes around yep, here. From the bottom of uh, from our hearts, like the support, like we get from Danny asking for hugs, it means means a lot. Well, Brandon's not a hugger, so I wouldn't. Don't expect one from Brandon. I wouldn't no, go there. No, no. Uh, Andy, what's good with you? You know, we're kind of entering that. I don't know, the best time of the year where basketball is getting ready for conference tournaments, high schools in the state tournaments, soccer starts in a couple of days, college baseball is in full swing. So, I mean, this is kind of the most exciting time for me because I can watch sports nonstop and feel like I've got most, enough to cover. Most exciting time of the year for a guy on a football podcast <laughs> yeah, is yeah, the yeah. part of the year that has no football. Yeah, Danny and I were kind of talking about that earlier and how it didn't really sound <laughs> right, but it's, it's, it's true though, you know. Well, can I say what we were actually talking about? 
Because I asked Andy if he, I was like, hey, so do you like usually watch the combine? He's like, yeah, I, I almost always watch it. This is like the first year I haven't watched it. Like, oh, the year that you become a college football expert is probably not the year you want to not watch the combine. Yeah, and especially when we're recording it right in the middle of the combine and... Yeah, but once they're to the combine, then they become pro players, and that's just not where <laughs> we're our yeah, off our radar. Yeah, that's exactly. Kyle knew exactly what I was thinking uh, the whole time, just subconsciously. Job. But no, uh, then to piggyback off what the other two yay piggybacking were talking about. a lot. <laughs> it's I hate that term. <laughs> but no, it's uh, announcing those those wins has been kind of fun because you see the the crowd growing and. Um, just the excitements in the air, and it was probably the loudest couple of games that I've heard in, in basketball. But it's been fun. Yeah, and just just so you guys know, Andy has improved his <laughs> home court announcer to visiting team announcer. I know we talked about that a few yeah. times. Yeah. Uh, he got really good. We have a we have a player whose last name starts with a P, and it just booms off the mic when uh, I'm not. It's like. Paul for two or whatever, and that he really emphasized the the P sound into the microphone. Kind of got the bass going in the in it's, the speaker. So it's all yeah. choices. Did you also notice how he just not so subtly threw in that part about how he was doing some announcing, so that now we can talk <laughs> hey, about, about the, his, <laughs> his announcing, his not so humble brags. Humble brags you know? <laughs> anyway, Brandon, what's, what's good? good, Brandon? Some good weather today. Nice Beautiful. out. Maddie and I went and played around a round of golf today, so that was kind of fun. What'd you shoot? We took turns like hitting the ball, so it was just kind of. We haven't like gotten any replenished golf balls from last year, you know. And we had like five, and I was like, uh, let's <laughs> "How about just you just same one back and forth, and kind of we can both keep an eye out for the ball." And, and swung in a while, so who knows where these things are gonna go? So. So I don't know. We didn't really keep score. We just hung out and chatted. Close. Usually when somebody says they didn't keep score, that meant yeah. it went really well. And that's always the question you ask every, so, yeah. every time anyone says they yeah. go. Oh, what'd you, what'd you shoot? shoot? I think we would have shot pretty good, though. Yeah, pretty that's decent. usually also what people say. <laughs> <laughs> hit some good ones, hit some yeah. bad ones. Some winter greens out there still, but some of the greens were accessible, so... Yeah. Do we want, let's do you want to go through like your swing? We could take you through swing thoughts and kind of get that all corrected here over the next 40 or 50 minutes I'd on the tell podcast. You what, I have some things. You know, I felt <laughs> going into last year I was playing a little bit better and I had kind of my idea of what I wanted to use for my swing going on and then this year I kind of started thinking other things like when I'd watch people play on TV. Oh yeah. And so now I'm a little bit of a head case right now. So when I went out at first, I tried a few different things and I was like, oh man, this is terrible. Well, that's when and you then tell. I went even, back to my roots and yeah. then I was like, okay, all right, no more thinking to that other stuff. Even if your playing partner is like your young daughter, you still have to explain that and be like, you know, I was just trying something new there. <laughs> yeah. um, then explain it in better detail than they ever oh, would yeah. want to know. She was like, Remember, Dad, last time a couple times when I'd start off and I'd hit a couple like that, and I'm like, go, get, go to the ball. <laughs> if, if I mention the name Roy McAvoy, does anybody know who I'm talking Tin about? Tin Cup. Tin Cup. Every once in a while when I'm feeling like I'm, I'm, I want to be that stud golfer, I'll, I'll do the Tin Cup when I'm getting ready to swing. I'll be like, dollar bills. And then it, <laughs> it never ends up the way it does in Tin Cup. But I always like to... Do a little something like that. 
I tell I, myself to see the field. Like false confidence is the best yeah, thing. You one can authentic have swing. <clears throat> authentic swing. One authentic swing. That's all it is. That's yeah. that's the secret to it. Golf thoughts, Andy, or do you want to start talking about football? Well, I know less about golf than I know about the combine. Andy mentioned uh, getting a, a weekly golf outing a couple yeah. weeks ago or yeah. last week for the summertime. So mm-hmm. I think Andy's getting ready to dive head first into it. Yeah. I'll, I'll be a light commit to that. Maybe we could get a <laughs> – Kyle, you want to get a golf trip? Yeah, like you a guys vacation? want to go to Vegas on a <laughs> golf trip? Vegas, perhaps. <laughs> if Nebraska's there in a bowl game, maybe. Yeah. Just hit it all. Yeah. Yeah, all, all these trips I keep bringing up can really just be <laughs> one trip and we just have a lot of activities just built into it. Good times. So a few things here, college football-wise. Some rule changes that were proposed – so there's a few things that I jotted down for this. Uh, one of them is they want to try to make the reviews be no longer than two minutes, which I think is good. You know, it sometimes would drag out a little bit this year, especially when there's kind of unlimited yeah. reviews yeah. in college football. It's starting to feel like a commercial for me. Like yeah. as soon as they say it's going to be reviewed, I just get annoyed and like change the channel. Yeah, and... bathroom time. Yep. It's kind of cool if you if you've turned in tuned into the XFL games, the guy who runs the replay is actually using an Xbox controller, so it kind of looks I like. I did oh, notice look, that. Like, that's kind of a cool little deal. And isn't he talk like? Can't you hear what he's saying? Yeah, you can it. hear what they're asking and what they're saying. It's, it's kind of cool because then it's not just some yay who's deciding. They can you can actually hear reason. Is Jerry Glanville actually a coach in the XFL? I swear I saw him on TV the other day talking. It was like post game. Who's, who's that? He's just some old coach from like. I actually think the 1980s. You don't know Jerry Glanville? No. Nope. Yeah. I wasn't born yet. All right. It's a bad anecdote then. Yep, 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 yep. What else on the rules? Uh, other rule, no walk of shame after a targeting rule, which personally I'm in favor of that, especially when you're the away yeah. team. Yeah. It's. I think that's... You always have rough. like a risk of something bad happening or you always get the... Well, because obviously the fans are going to be yelling mm-hmm. at him ruthlessly, and then you always have the the visiting player flipping the bird or getting into an altercation. So you talking about when they're walking off the field or if they're still on the sideline? Like when they're going into the yeah. tunnel, yeah. right? Yeah. It's always like so one when guy you say, who has no other yeah. job but to walk him back. I love that part though. <laughs> so when you say no walk of shame, are they just disqualified from the game but can stay on the sideline? Right, or what? right. I th- I don't know if they have to stay on the bench. Or if they can just stay on the sideline, yeah. but um, they don't have to leave, which I think, too, you know, the senior, their last game, yeah. then it, maybe at least they can still kind of cheer on their team and, and have yeah. a part when they're unfairly removed sometimes. Yeah, oh, yeah, know? for sure. And I don't know, wasn't it Nathan Gary? Yeah. Wasn't he kicked out of his last yeah. game at Nebraska? Or one of towards them? Towards the end, yeah. Which, yeah, just sucks. I don't I, need to dive into my thoughts on the targeting penalty again. Well, Wait, I don't again. know. I think maybe we can. Like, that, it's, it's, it's odd to me that that's the thing that they're going to decide to change. Like, we're yeah. not going to address the, some of the unfairness that can happen with targeting and getting kicked out. But then we're, we're just going to say, but you can still stand on the sideline and watch the game. Which, I don't even know if that's, to me, that's. I don't even think I'm for that rule change. Joel I would Cotton. rather have the person removed from the situation instead of just 
hanging out angry and bitter on the sideline. Joel Klatt's been pretty outspoken about it, too, on social media and on TV, saying, you know, he'd like to see there be tears of the penalty, you know, yep. and that kind of thing. But Well, especially since they had, like, what they thought was a good basis of, well, if it's we'll take away the penalty if it was prematurely thrown or it turns out to not be targeting. It's like, well, yeah, that's all good, but you throw it so many more times and you call... Yeah, they always err on the side of caution, so that's always the first thing they call. And then it's just like, well, now I need proof that it actually wasn't targeting. Yeah, and that's the hardest part. I guess my question is what I'm, I know the rationale for that rule change, but was that a huge deal? Like, did, do you think a bunch of schools really had a problem with the fact that the ejected player had to go back to the locker room? I think maybe they heard a lot of complaints about people being ejected. And then they said, in their mind, <laughs> well, we're not going to yeah. take back that, but we'll let him stay and we'll say, oh, this is a... So they, in their minds, it's a compromise, I think, but I, I don't one, know. One-way cr- compromise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I, like, I guess the only downfall I could see is, obviously, if a player has been ejected and still has free reigns on the sideline, I can only imagine the the comments that he's going to be making right. towards possible officials. Yeah, it's just going to be negativity on the sideline rather than remove the player from the situation and have them and how many cutaways on the tv broadcast oh, are you gonna yeah. have to see of, of the True. player sitting there but yeah. especially if he's a, a big time player or in most cases like this is a this is it's a gonna be a distraction I yeah think. this is a defensive back penalty essentially obviously there's always some linebackers and stuff like that that get it flagged for but uh every time after an ejection uh, that there's a big pass play. They're going to fan right to the yeah. the guy who got ejected. Yeah. It's like, oh, and this was right on his replacement. Yeah. And how's he reacting? Or every time his replacement makes a big play, it's not going to be about the guy who made the play. It's going to be like, oh, and look how excited this guy who just got ejected is. And still coaching his teammates nope. up on the sideline. Nope. So. Can, can we go back to the two-minute thing? Sure, sure. Was there then a change in, like, the protocol of how they're going to approach the review, or are they just saying, they didn't we're going to put you on a timer and you better have a decision made in under two minutes? I'm guessing whoever's in the communications with them yeah, right. or whatever. Um, After two minutes, say, oh, it just says, well, <laughs> we're going to have to leave it with the call that was on the field. And honestly, if it takes longer than that, exactly. it is probably too close to call, so you're going to end up doing it whatever mm-hmm. was called on the field. Like, that's the hardest part about the replay is when you're watching it over and over again on TV and you're like, I know what the call is going to be. Make the call. Yep. Well, it's changed the subject a little bit, but with basketball tournament coming up, how much time are we going to spend in March watching a basketball go out of bounds while they try to figure out whose fingertip it went off of? I can't stand that either. I get, I get so sick of replay. Just I don't watch it for that. And Yeah. And – I know, like, at one point I I made a big deal about it on one of our previous episodes where LeBron James got a shot blocked. Yeah. And then because they could slow-mo it down to the yeah. one one-thousandth of a second, it showed that it was off of LeBron's hands, which I would venture to say that most block shots are actually off of the offensive player, especially when you're blocking down on them. Mm-hmm. But, again, it's the spirit of the law instead of the letter of the law. Right. And that's... In basketball, that's more of a case than in football, in my my opinion. I like it. Um, so a couple more on here. Uh, one of them wasn't really 
a rule, but a call to emphasize to coaches to stop with the fake injuries, which I thought was interesting, which isn't going to change anything, but it's really the first time that anything has ever been. And that's such a hard thing to, to judge because I can't remember who it was that Nebraska was playing, but they were honestly faking injuries and it was the same guy over and over again. And on the final one, he was actually hurt. Yeah. And it was the coach's son. And after the fourth time he did it, it was a legitimate injury. And it's just kind of like the boy who cried wolf. <laughs> yeah. And it's like the, the crowd is always booing it because it's like, oh, this is pretty convenient that you're cramping up after we just had a 20-yard a gain for the third straight play. And, like, when I don't that, know. It's, when that is happening – how much of that do you think is coach directed or how much of that is just players kind of like they've seen that happen before and they, they're going to pull that trick themselves. And so the coach would be like, well, I didn't tell them to do that. Maybe a little of both. And I think now too, the thing where uh, just with the player safety part, them being told, you know, if you, if you even think go down and and they'll come out and we'll check you out. You know what I mean? I think it's, a combination yeah, of them all. and at a certain point, if they really are going to kind of hammer down on it, it's going to be all right. If if we have to stop play for them to come get you, then you can't come back in and right. ten plays or mm-hmm. something like that. Like they're going to put a countdown on it. Which to, to me, that would make sense because if you are hurt enough to not continue for a moment, you shouldn't be ready to jump yeah. in. You know, make sure every go into the tent, check it out. You know, and then. Yeah, pumps and fluids like the old tent. You you have to drink one Still bottle of Gatorade <laughs> if you're cramping up. Eagles Every home time. away from home this year. <laughs> uh, so then um, the other one we had on here. This isn't like an important number, but I thought it was kind of cool. Well, I don't know, maybe it's stupid. Well, but, let's uh, hear it. All right. <laughs> okay, so it's either going to be really think, cool uh, or stupid. I hope it's cool. I think a lot of things are weird. So. Here's a coin flip here. Uh, this year, no double numbers on the roster. And also to alleviate that, number zero is available. Saw that. So I put a couple things down here for this um, that I thought, you know, was was interesting. Temple, um, their team votes on the toughest players of the team. Uh, The players vote them, and then they get to wear the single digits. So I wonder if the zero is going to be an extra person who they can do. And then a Bronco Mendenhall you have to challenge for whatever numbers. And that's going to be even more at Virginia now for, you know, an offense and defensive player have the same number. They're going to have to do something. What, is, what does that mean, challenge for the number? He has, like, competitions for it. And I think when, when he, when he, was it right when he came to Virginia and he said, nobody has a number anymore starting now. You have a number you want. There's going to be something you have to do for huh. it. So I thought – in the grand scheme of things, it's not a huge deal, but it's kind of cool for these teams that have traditions with their numbers, you know, yeah. how that could play into it. Yeah, that's So you can't have two players on the roster anymore with the same number. Right. Now, Nebraska does that a lot. I'm assuming most teams well, do. but Yeah. Well, now alleviate a lot of those, like, special teams where – Can you get up to, like, 107 or something like that? <laughs> well, and then I thought it was funny, and they said, but we are allowing the use of zero to help. And I was like, one. Yeah, one, one extra jersey. Can you have zero and zero zero? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Or is that the same number? Oh, Math gray, guy, are those the same little number? little gray ghoster tag there. I like it. Boom. No, I, I think picking jersey numbers, and this is kind of me going back to 
when I was a, a player, but even probably now as a coach, like jersey numbers were important to me. Yeah. So I like I didn't something like that where you have to compete for the number that you want, especially yeah. if only one person gets it. I think would be pretty cool. There's a lot of money that exchanges hands in the NFL too when it comes to numbers. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, when Shadow Ocho Cinco had to wear 86, <laughs> it kind of ruins his whole shtick there. <laughs> All right. His shtick's been ruined a number of times now. <laughs> so, uh, next thing I. So, the, there's a lot of uh, spring scrimmages and spring practices and stuff like that. Uh, there was a few spring games today, actually, in FCS action. Uh, we had the Furman purple and white game. The Paladins. For those and who are uh, pretty was exciting well, for, for Dewan Bell. He's a sophomore they're excited about. Had five catches for 124 yards and three touchdowns. So that was the <laughs> only thing I could really find for news on it. Well, Thanks and, for that. Yeah. Stat update on the. Well, and they play in the SoCon. And the they? SoCon, there's a lot of the triple option stuff too. So I watch a lot of SoCon football for the uh, the Veer. Furman has. Isn't, isn't seven that where lines. people always dress up weird and stuff? Stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, wait, that's Comic Con. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love it. When you, so when you make a joke weird. and you got to then explain it. <laughs> the SoCon is the Southern Conference. Oh, I, th- I thought it was the, oh the comic conference. I, I, I thought people were going to be dressing up like aliens and everything. <laughs> what team was that that you actually just mentioned? Uh, Furman. 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 The Paladins. Tell, okay, you said that twice. So tell us all the other stuff, Andy, you know about Furman. That like eight wins South last Carolina. year. <laughs> Pretty decent team. Yeah. No, Didn't Nebraska good. play him a few years ago? Oh, possibly. So. No. What? What's Who a paladin? Maybe in basketball. Like a, Maybe bird. Oregon played him. A bird? No. <laughs> he, he jumps in here three times with paladin. <laughs> that's just going to be the limit, what, limits of his knowledge what, that he's going to provide with us. Yeah. Thank you. The basket. I don't know what the basket is. They're purple. Who won? Didn't say. Purple or white? <laughs> They didn't say. They're like the Iowa of college football. You know how Iowa has their presidential primaries really early, so they get all the attention. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. I'm sure that's. What I thought you were talking about. about the Hawkeyes. <laughs> no. We have. Uh, you guys want to talk about politics or anything, or no, just negative. Nah, what do you got for me? More nah. Well, the other game we had was William and Mary, and the this tribe. one was. Uh, <laughs> Offense versus defense in this one, kind of like what Nebraska did in the Pelini days. And uh, the, Christian Taylor was there, was a former player, and he's been the offensive coordinator at San Diego State University for a while. And he came Coveted back. Coveted head coach so, job right fun, there. Fun fact about William and Mary's ex-offensive coordinator, he just took a wide receiver coach job at Hawaii. I'll be. <laughs> Pretty crazy. So they I are retooling their me. offense a little bit. <laughs> And on, they won 26-21 to 21 on the last play, so they were excited about the offensive changes and yeah. offense beating defense in the spring game. Do you think Mary's stepping out on Joseph with William? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. As for spring games for the rest of the week, yes, we got Thursday, this Thursday, Coastal Carolina plays. The Chanticleers. And then on Saturday, two games. Conway, South Carolina, just so you guys know that. Wait, Pebble Beach. Can I? Can we back up to Coastal Carolina? Yeah. Isn't the isn't is the head coach there still the guy that was like being tutored by Mike Riley? 
You know that story? Oh yeah. He was like a trader or some or something. He was like a business guy and he was super into He was way back might have been for the Pelini. Pelini. It yeah. was Pelini. And he was on the a coach or something for the nineteen eighty three Miami Hurricanes really? as well. Way back before okay. that. But yeah, he was like a business guy and then he, one day said, I want kind of like the I don't know. It was a big company, like Ameritrade. Yeah. I don't know if that was the company, but it was something like that. And he was. No, it wasn't that. Well, it's not in business. But then like he just the dedicated himself. Yeah, He's like, I, I want to be a football coach. I want to coach football now. Yeah. I don't know if God, still if only there, there's a way we could find that out. If only there was Who's some the head kind coach of, of interconnected Carolina. pages. They beat Kansas last year. Here's a, here's what a paladin is. Any of the twelve peers of Charlemagne's court, of whom the Count Palatine was the chief, a knight renowned for her, heroism and chivalry. Wow, that makes perfect sense. Fervent. Yeah, teach Fervent. about Charlemagne in world history class, and I didn't know what a paladin was. I thought it was like knights who also had magic. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was gonna say, or oh, say, right, the paladin go. is a staple character class found in computer and pen and paper role playing games. And then, as soon as I start uh, computer down playing here, games, it's Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> okay. It's World of Warcraft, Smite, Diablo Two, Pillars of Eternity. There's actually a game called Paladins. Uh, I wonder if that if you can play football on that. Paladins are like with the, the Frings. With the Furman They're like the Frings <laughs> of Knights and Wizards. So if you can decide which one you want to go, I want to go Paladin. A little of both. Boom. Sword with magic. Magical sword, maybe. I don't know. Now do, now do Chanticleers. What about them? What well, is a Chanticleer? Look them up. It's a, it's we'll a, we'll a, carry on. You can interrupt in about two minutes <laughs> with the thing that we were talking about two minutes ago. It's like time travel. What else, do Brandon? Uh, Saturday, spring game action. The Citadel. Ooh, they run the triple option. And they were good this year, weren't Is they? Is the Citadel the both their there. name and their mascot? What would the mascot of the Citadel be? They are the like Bulldogs or something like that. And Wofford. They're the Terriers. They also run the triple option. Run the triple option. And they all play the SoCon. Chanticleer is a rooster, not type of bird. Oh. Thank you. Head coach right now is Jamie Chadwell. No, that's not that's not the guy we were talking about. No, no I don't care. Oh. I can't remember what the guy's name. They're was. all in like South Carolina though. It must be a South Carolina thing to. Well, get. it'd be weird if uh, if they were in the SoCon Comic Con conference, <laughs> if they were found in San Diego is where the big Comic Con is. There's one in Denver too. Yeah. I want to have a college football con, and then you dress as mascots or the Dr. Pepper guy the or Bulldogs. your favorite teams. The Citadel Bulldogs. Are you just looking for an excuse to dress up like the Dr. Pepper yeah, guy Yeah, I only again? got to wear it for one Halloween. <laughs> 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 that guy's not even on anymore, yeah, too. That's no. a shame. They have that stupid uh, show, that, what's that, Village? Or, oh, uh, yeah, that's, that's bad. Whatever it is, it's stupid, yeah. You guys like that commercial where they're like, Woodchuck, quit chucking that wood. You ever seen that one? I don't really like it personally. That makes me laugh when he says that. You what, might, what else makes you laugh, Danny? Hmm? What else makes you laugh? Just you guys in general. <laughs> Why are you staring look at on Andy's face right saying, now. <laughs> the way we look, or <laughs> I don't know. Random stuff, I guess, like everyone. So, want to chat a little bit about the combine? Yeah, let's do it. Ushering these college football players into their professional careers. Yeah. Take your hat off to them as they move on down the road. Or don't. 
<laughs> Half of us did that. The other half did. We're, we're all wearing hats, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Interesting fact. And another interesting fact, we all dressed up like we're in the Combine for this podcast. No, the Combine's the underwear. A lot of spandex in this room right now. <laughs> <laughs> we're not wearing underwear here. Combine we're outfits. Not the combine. No, we're going... They have like lingerie football and they have underwear Olympics. And uh, Combine is on underwear Olympics. So I was just going to mention a few, or or if you want to go first, it's up to you. Let's talk about the real meat of it first and then we can get our just general anecdotes. So there's this guy named Pat Kerwin and he used to, I don't know if he still does, but he had a radio show on Sirius XM NFL radio. Uh, for a long time, and he was like a former general manager and all this stuff in the league and been with teams, and and I always learned a lot listening to his show on there. I think he was on there with, like, Rich Gannon or somebody maybe like that. <clears throat> but anyway, um, he wrote this book called Take Your Eye Off the Ball and talked about, like, all of his secrets. He had some success in the league and that kind of thing, and he talked about what kind of made him successful in it and this kind of thing, and so... He talked about how, you know, everybody running the 40-yard dash, you know, it's not really that useful. Or, how, you know, the bench press, that's not really that useful in itself because it's not that accurate to anything most of those players are doing during the field of play. And so he talks about a couple of um, calculations he uses in his book. And so the first one he uses is called his explosion rating. And basically what he does is he takes the bench reps, so the number that they um, are able to put up, and then the uh, vertical jump, and then the broad jump in terms of feet. So sometimes they give it in feet, sometimes they go inches, and then you have to do the calculation. And then when you're done, you'll have a, you'll get whatever the rating is when you add those three values together. Uh, 65 is a good player who you should look into, and 70 is an explosive player that will have impact in the league most likely. And so when I was going through the stuff yesterday, uh, it works best with defensive linemen and linebackers, and it works pretty good with offensive line as well. Yesterday, or last night, I went through some of the offensive linemen on here just to talk about um, because they were doing the defense stuff this evening and I wasn't going to have enough time for it. So just a couple of players on here I put down. So uh, John Mulchin from Boise State uh, finished with a 69.1. So, you know, he would be considered a good player, almost explosive. Um, there's the lineman from Kansas, Hakeem Adinajai. I don't know if I said that right. 69.6. Another Boise State player, Ezra Cleveland, 69.3. Um, <coughs> Cleveland put, put up some crazy number <coughs> One of the drills, then he, he yeah. was like one of those. Yeah. Um, Justin Heron from Wake had 68.7. There was uh, Austin Jackson from USC who was getting kind of a lot of attention, but his was 67.6, not as high as some of those others. Um, LSU has Damian Lewis who had a 66. And then, but then uh, from Michigan, Cesar Ruiz had a 70.4. He's a center. So pretty pretty good for that. And then uh, Clemson had a guy, uh, John Simpson, who's a guard, 72.9 uh, for explosion. And then a lot of people were high on the guy from Georgia, Isaiah Wilson. And he only had a 64, but is worth 
noting that he's a sophomore for it. And then on here I put uh, from Temple, Matt Hennessy, just, you know, hashtag Temple Tough out there. <laughs> but anyway, uh, he only had a 62, but uh, as far as like a lot of his measurables and stuff, 62, close to 65, but he also plays center and he's played guard. And I think he could be one of those kind of swing players who's a backup for a while. And it reminds me of Kelsey, the center of the Eagles, who didn't have a very high draft grade either. So that's um, some of the stuff for offensive line. Uh, for defense, and I'll go through this one faster, just because the second value actually, there's another value that goes along with that that works better. And so this is the production ratio. And so for production, you take your tackles for loss plus sacks and you divide it by games played. And sometimes they will take the games played, divide, they'll do that for the whole career. Sometimes they'll do it for their last two years. And so this was prior to today's players doing their thing. But I put on here in Dominican Sioux, uh, his rating, his explosion was 76. Whoa. Wow. And his production was a 1.5. One is a good player. 1.5 is elite NFL. Is I was going to say, that's, that's telling you that he's getting either one or 1. 1.5 right. sacks or tackles per loss per it, game. I wish they'd be. figure in how far you can toss a Texas quarterback. <laughs> That would be a good stat to know for that. And also worth, like for him, I did that for the for all of these people, I did their whole career. Oh, geez. Sue's last two years, I mean, it would probably be closer to two um, with that. J.J. Uh, Watt, I put on there. Explosion score, 81. Holy moly. For his wow. thing. And uh, 1.8 for his talent. And, but he was a transfer in from... Central Michigan. Yeah. He was a Chippewa. And, and was a tight end there, right? <laughs> Yeah, I played tight end. Played tight end. Uh, Clowney uh, only had a six, only 68, 68, so good talent, but not considered explosive, but had a 1.9. And uh, that's from everything up to the second of well, the last year, because his last he year out. he only had three sacks. Yeah. And, yeah, wasn't that productive for it. So, anyway, that, and he's kind of had like an up and down. He's, no. he's one that he was at the ceiling so fast that yeah. he knew it was going to be a letdown because he wasn't That hit in that bowl game like against Mike Carr. Yeah, yep. like that, yeah. I think, got him his deal. Yes. And then uh, the other two I put on here just for this reason. Well, I don't know. Just, I thought it was interesting. Uh, Nick Bosa, I put him on 72 for his explosion, 1.6. And then I put uh, Joey Bosa... Uh, 69 for explosion rating and 2.02 for um, how productive he was. Wow. Did you do all this calculating, or is there somewhere you can go to? I did all where this. it's compiled. I made a spreadsheet of these last night. And, and did have you done this in previous years at all? Yeah, like in our Infotech, it used to be in whenever I had Infotech two, it was always during third quarter, and so we would have like a big sports analytics thing. Yeah. And they would put together the stuff and then we'd go through and look at it and like predict who would go and then look back, oh, this person was drafted there yeah. or these people were successful the year before. Gosh, now that's a class I want to sit in. stuff like okay. that. So, but this year I didn't have Infotech 2 during it, so I had to do the actual work myself for it. But <laughs> So Sue has to be one of the higher that you've Well, he just calculated. read out about three yeah. guys no. that were just higher than him. Who? Well, but 
one of the Bosa's. And yeah, Watt. JJ Watt. But if I would have, you know, Sue's first years under Callahan wasn't very good, right. you know, and then basically he had the conversation. Pelini said, "Yeah, you could go to Oregon or Washington or whatever. And that's fine. Or you can stay here and work, and I'll turn you into a into a star." And those last two years, you know. So I think if you took his last two years from it, and uh, and you look at this stuff, and Sue was, like, took a lot of other double teams, triple teams, right. and stuff like that in there. And um, How solid of a correlation do you think it is, then, these numbers to their production in the NFL? I think they're, they're pretty telling for it as far as – I should have looked up some examples of busts from it and stuff, no. but I, I didn't. That would be, that'd be the interesting thing because you, we always hear about the 40-yard <clears throat> dash and how that's gold even yeah. though it's not. And, like, the biggest one that comes to my head is uh, Darius Hayward Bay because he ran the fastest combine time that year, but he couldn't catch. And so he stayed in the league for so long because he was fast, but he was always, like, that number four, number five, number six receiver – and it just was like they picked him number eight overall and mm-hmm. for the, the Raiders and whatnot. But, was, again, couldn't catch There him. was another Raiders guy long ago, like early 90s, that they brought on the team. He was like a track stud. Like, never did. played football, but Al Davis was like, this is the fastest guy we know. <laughs> I remember that. Get him out there. Yeah. I can't remember his name. Well, there was time remember. back when before he got busted for – Steroids where teams were trying out Justin Gatlin, who, yeah. who was like the fastest man in the, in the world, right. trying to see if he could play wide receiver. Pat Kerwin is also good friends with um, Pete Carroll, and Pete Carroll uses a lot of yeah. the – they tweak the, some of the calculations to what they look for a little more, but I thought it was interesting. Well, but I have to assume a lot of – I mean, this is a pretty common thing that people use, but I wonder why when you're watching NFL Network, they're not – yeah, it talking it about it because if the guy was on the NFL radio, but it's because it's not flashy. They want to see how much you can bench and how fast you can run it. But it's, it's called not, explosive. But, but that's like, flashy. But yeah. it's kind of the money ball system for the NFL. That's why the Seahawks always have high draft grades, but they don't waste picks on the flashy quarterback or whatever. They got Russell Wilson in the third round, and they knew he was going to be something. He also likes. He talks a lot into it about how. With these ratings, he would look for them under underrated players, especially undersized defensive ends. And he said he can build a 3-4 defense cheaper than a 4-3 because you can get um, undrafted free agent defensive ends that are good outside backers. And then he said, and then once they get done, you can find those guys as free agents and they're they're going to be cheaper because they're not getting the sacks that they would as a fourth. Like, it's really interesting how he takes this. And then so a lot of his stuff is kind of based off of uh, how it works best with his 3-4. But he said it works with anything. But he would look for these kind of diamonds, you know, that, that were on the edge and figured they could coach him up. But you can't coach natural ability, but you can, you know, coach up the other stuff. Yeah, and I would imagine that the reason why he's putting out this book now is because, or whenever he he writes it, he's done playing. I'm sure NFL teams all over the place have their own stats and their own configurations. Uh, One of the kind of interesting things, and it's just, again, a guy that I used to listen to on a podcast. His name was uh, Haralabob Vulgaris, and he was always on the Bill Simmons podcast. And he became... Sounds like a Game of Thrones character. (laughs) 
he became famous for for sports betting, and he would have like spreadsheets and formulas and stuff like that on trying to find, uh, pretty much trying to find where there was some kind of some good bang for your buck in terms of, of value for bets and stuff like that, and became like he's a millionaire just based around all of these. Uh, bets that he would make and he would always come on and and Bill Simmons would try to get kind of like his secret or whatever it's like well if I would tell you that then everybody would would be doing what I'm doing and so it, it was a pretty big secret to him and he would always say like in retrospect he's like yeah when five years ago when Chris Weber was doing this or that he's like I made a lot of money there or uh, but the interesting thing is is uh, the Dallas Mavericks and Mark Cuban hired him, wow. and so now he's he's working for the Mavericks. So his his Twitter page is a little less entertaining than it once was, <laughs> uh, because now he he's using kind of these secrets and kind of finding the kind of those victories in the margins for an actual NBA team instead of just doing it for his own benefit and gambling. Because he was a I think he lived in Vegas and he was a guy that as soon as Vegas knew that the bet was coming from him he would honestly move the line like they would move the line around what he was betting wow. so like that's, that's power that's man. how that's much power. weight he carried and how good his his analytics were which is just kind of crazy to me and like you know you, you always see like quarterback rating and this and that and one of my favorite things to do or one of my favorite kind of quotes that people will say is because you'll always have some quarterback ratings or this this statistic or that statistic will say, well, geez, Alex Smith is actually the fourth best quarterback in the NFL. And in a lot of cases, like that's not proof that Alex Smith is the fourth best quarterback in the NFL. That's that's a fact that your statistic and your calculations probably isn't completely ironed out yet because if you have really bad quarterbacks on the top of your list or mediocre quarterbacks at the top of your list, that means you're probably overvaluing something because... Or Matt Stafford and you're down so often you're throwing for a ton of yards because your team's losing. Yeah. So, those ideas. Just to, just say a number quick. What do you think my explosive ratio is? So, <laughs> two. <laughs> this, hey, I was actually... No, it has to be more than two. I was actually uh, going to say, I was like, my best ideas are ones that uh, can never actually happen. But since we were going to talk about the combine today, it would have been awesome had we gone into the weight room and gone in, yeah. gone onto the football field and actually got our measurables, like our 40-yard dash. I thought that's why we're wearing our combine. And our, our bench press and just, just stuff like that. And that goes for all of the people. Have they always done that? What was it called? The running the no, circle? That's a new. That's a new drill for this year. Um, but uh, oh, like the Huskers did it under Papucha, or nope. not. That's, that's uh, Papuchis. Papuchis. Yeah. <laughs> did you guys see that running the circle thing? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Basically, so, you run a figure eight, and you pick up a towel as you're rounding one of the circles of the figure eight, and then you drop it. Yeah, and we used to one. do that uh, at the uh, first school I coached at, being vague there. <laughs> But but we only did with one hoop, so, so we didn't do the figure eight. That's I like watching the drills, and some of those coaches had to get pretty passionate about it, you know. And I don't know. I like it when you have a high well, energy one who's there. And Danny and I were watching fun. the old forty yard dash, and this guy was giving like a oh, four minute God. speech about how to run the forty yeah. yard dash, like they had never ran the forty yard dash before. It's like 
I get a kick out of watching the guys running running the drills, like the guys that are in charge, because it, it, it looks like to them it's their moment to shine. Like they're super into it and intense about it, and they're literally just saying, go. <laughs> Start. How would you act if you were around all these premier athletes that were going to be making millions of dollars? I don't dollars? know if I'd be able to talk. Yeah, because I'd be so nervous. What do you think we should like? Do? What like they're probably like trying to put me on a show and then yeah, I think they're trying to get like, like a personal training legitimacy. Or, yeah, because can you imagine? Like I would be sitting there thinking, why in the world would any of these guys be listening to a word I'm saying right now? Like, but that's why they're trying to sound like an expert yeah. on something. And yeah. some of them, like when you get, well, to I think the most of them are actual like, NFL. Yeah, coaches. Deuce Staley did the running back drill. So he had his own drill does. called the Deuce yeah, Staley drill. I was like, how cool is that? Deuce Staley's running the Deuce Staley drill. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Hmm. I was also new this year. I didn't see that one. What are they doing that? So it, it's a bag. Oh, he's gonna act it out. <laughs> I'm gonna act oh, it yeah. Out, but it's, so they have like three long bags, and so they test like explosiveness. Explosiveness. So they jump over one bag, side hop this next bag, then back jump, and then they do it the other way, and it's like a timed. Gotcha. It's just explode that first agility speed. type yeah. of do steady. Go jump cuts. Anything else on the combine? What do you wanna? I just have a couple of just things that, as as usual, that just stuck out. One of them is the number of. Um, Guys that weigh more than 300 pounds that can run the 40 in less than five seconds. That's impressive. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. And like watching them run, it looks like it hurts. <laughs> but they're flying. Well, it's always funny watching. Khalil Davis. Both was, Davis twins. Yeah. Well. Yeah, it's always funny watching some guys running. You're like, ooh, that didn't look good. And then they their, their time's okay. And then somebody, God, that looked way faster, and their time was worse than the first yep. guy that ran just because it looked less clunky. I always laugh, like, watching high school kids train in sports sometimes because when you tell them to go as hard as they can, sometimes all that means is they bob their head a little bit more and, and like, move their body around weird while they're, they're running. They so it looks it. like they're running a lot faster, but... It actually makes them waste yeah. a little yeah. bit. Khalil Davis had potential to be very explosive. Didn't he have a ton of... Bench press reps, but he yeah. didn't do all of the. I would have I would have put the Huskers on there had they yeah. had all yeah. of their measurements. I think it did say something about his bench and yeah, obviously like his forty was couple. fast. Yeah, no, and they were talking about Khalil being the one of the because there's four Huskers at the combine, one that really could help his stock this year, this year, this week. Other than the other Lamar that did you guys see the article on ESPN? No, about the other Lamar yeah. Jackson. <laughs> that's that was, was an entire beat. article about how Nebraska Lamar Jackson's name is Lamar Jackson, but he's not the famous quarterback <laughs> Lamar Jackson, and how he's handled that throughout the last few years. Well, especially since Lamar Jackson, the quarterback, almost came to Nebraska. Did he really? Yeah, I didn't know that. yeah. Nebraska was like in his final two, but then they weren't going to let him play quarterback right away. Uh, so that's why I went to Louisville. Have you heard the thing about how I think it was during Riley's time at Nebraska, we offered a player a scholarship to come here, but it turns out it there the were two players with yeah. that same name and we got the wrong one. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea if that's true or not, but it makes me laugh. I have a high reason to believe that's true. <laughs> um, uh, good times. And at one point, did they figure that out? And did he know? Probably when he got out of the car. Yeah, like, whoa. 
Probably when he like, so then he just, he just a corner and <laughs> not a quarterback. <laughs> Wait, I thought he threw better. Like, oh. Wrong drills. Oh. Yeah, the only other thing was that, and what we what we've already talked about with you know just looking at the straight forty times, not that indicative of things. It kind of just um, makes this irrelevant. But there were twenty wide receivers that ran the forty in less than four or five, and that's a record. It ties. 2014, that was the only other time where there was that many receivers that ran the 40 and under 4.5. Would you like to know who some of those 2014 receivers were? Yes. Someone say yes. I yes. was. Okay. Brandon Cooks. Number one, did you look at my list? No, I, was, I knew he was fast and that would have been about the time that he came out. I, so I was asking Andy earlier if he had any guesses of who they might be and he said no. So good call. Brandon yeah. Cooks was number one. He was yeah. the fastest. Quincy Nunwa? Yeah, not quite. Uh, would that have been Sammy Watkins? Sammy Watkins is on there. Are you really saying these? No, I got them. I, I, read, I read them. You got any others? Uh, Sammy Watkins was actually tied. He was tied with, with perhaps the most famous receiver in the NFL right now at seven in 2014. Uh, I would have DeAndre Hopkins. Like I'm trying to, No. I'm not I don't think he would would have been they on were there but not the same year. I'm trying to think of your your most famous wide receiver. I'm trying here. my best here. Yeah. You've already said it. Odell Beckham. Oh. That's his oh, catch. Golly. So it was yeah, Odell Beckham. No. John Brown. He went to like Pittsburgh, not Pittsburgh State. He went to some small school though, didn't he? I don't know. We'll just Cardinals. say yes. A couple of these guys are guys that I've that I've had on fantasy football teams that were very underwhelming. Dante Moncrief. Dante Moncrief. Anybody ever have him on your yeah. fantasy I team? Is Jarvis Landry on this list? No. no. Martavis Bryant, he's another guy that's on every Steelers. fantasy roster at yeah. some point. And then Quincy Anunua was 11th that year. Huh. Yeah. And I actually don't know who the – well, that Ruggs guy from Alabama. Alabama was top this year, but I don't, I don't even know. Hundredth of a second I, off I of the record. It was it? Thing, yeah. So, and I, and I, I feel like I heard a quote from a coach that basically said, "This is the year of wide receivers. They're coming in every shape and size. You just pick the, the one that you want." Yeah, so. I, I heard on ESPN there's a chance that seven of them would go in the first round, which would be a record yeah. for wide receivers in the first round. Broncos could use a little bit of an addition. We could use a speedy guy, so that probably won't happen. That's good the Eagles, so when Deshaun Jackson gets hurt again, then we have a backup plan. He still plays for the Eagles? He well, laughed and then came back. Second, he played from one game last year. And huh. Had a run with the Buccaneers. So that's all my deep research on the combine. So far, we haven't heard much from Kyle. So Kyle, I've been the only one you've heard stuff from, just because I'm not bringing any no. of this topics up. Uh, no, I haven't. Did you watch? I haven't watched a single second of it. Uh, I do think it's kind of cool. Like, obviously, a lot of the stuff that they have to do in the combine really, I guess you would say, doesn't directly correlate, but. Obviously, you want the fastest guys, you want the strongest guys, and you want the biggest guys, and that's what you find out at the Combine. <laughs> I know Joe Burrow sent out kind of a snarky tweet saying, like, I guess I'm going to have to retire from the game of football because of my tiny hands that I have. Cause yeah. His hands were, were measured smaller than uh, what your prototypical quarterback would be. But, like, him as an example, I think, especially in probably last – it's, it's probably been five to ten years. 
so many of the top guys don't even participate. No. They'll Chase show, Young. They'll they'll show up and do the interview portion of it, but they're not going to do no. any of the actual drills because they want to do them where the kind of the conditions are to the exact liking that they want. Or somebody like Chase Young might not ever do it because literally everybody's looking at just what is he going to screw up on? Like, everybody knows he's great already. They're really just going to be nitpicking him to the point where it might actually hurt him. So I, I, I can't imagine that too many of the the premier top 15 picks did a whole lot. It's all the guys that are kind of on the fringe of they need to make a showing, the same kind of guys that went to the senior bowl that get invited. And yeah. uh, just the kind of the one story that that I remember with the Combine is – Danny Woodhead from Shattern was like on the bubble of getting an invite and actually didn't get an invite to the to the NFL Combine, even though he had all the video game numbers. And then he actually had to have his pro day, UNL, invited him to part, yeah. participate in their pro day and obviously have better numbers than most of the guys that he shared the pro day with. So, uh, no, Combine, I think it would be kind of cool just to be on the field and I know it's kind of like all-star break in, in the NBA. I know that's where a lot of people get their information from. Like I know I read an article last year around the Combine of just uh, a columnist like wrote about his experience over the last week, and it was like late-night dinners meeting with GMs, just trying to get those inside scoops and stuff like that. And just being around it, there, there has to be like an electricity in the air just knowing that all these – Future draft yep. picks are watching. Possibility. It's why you, yeah. why I read so many articles right before the Husker football season starts because of the so here would be possibility my, of what could could happen. My question to you, Danny, because you say you hate recruiting in terms of high school players going into college. What's the difference between the combine to you in terms of recruiting? Like, isn't the combine technically like the 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 rivals of the NFL? Yeah, I guess the the difference is that these guys are now going off into their, you know, professional life rather than just being seventeen year old kids. And yeah, but you were saying that you don't even pay attention to recruiting because no. you just said, "Wait till you get on the right. field, and then I'll pay attention." Yeah, like the the jump from the college to the NFL is just as big as the right. jump from high school to college. So. I'm surprised that you're into the. I, I would say I'm line. slightly interested. Like I, I probably spent 30 minutes watching it today. It's because um, we were airing up soccer balls. Yeah. <laughs> I think for me, it's a lot. It's uh, um, I'm a bigger NFL team fan than a college team fan. So then just well, that's because you pick bad college football here, teams you know to I mean? follow. <laughs> Well, if recruiting, yeah. it's just like yeah. you don't really know. You know yeah. what I mean? But yeah. this, it's like... And with the combine, it's kind of cool to see, like, those those guys that were making all those highlights on Saturdays. All right, now how do they really compare to the rest of the yeah. of the nation of college players that are leaving? And then how do they compare to the year prior to well, the rest I think there's more... There's less turnover on NFL rosters, yeah. so it's kind of interesting to see, like, okay, this team really needs... These couple pieces. And Do you really think pick there's less up? turnover on NFL rosters? I would say there's more. I bet out of the 53-man roster, 
If you kept 20 players year in and year out, I bet. Maybe not turnover. I'm, maybe the. It's got to be a little higher than that. A smaller player pool. Yeah, because you're going to have a core. Yeah, but you're not going to have a core of 11 on offense and a core of 11 no, on defense. No, but you're going to have. So I'm, you're going to have. Quarterback, left tackle, center. Yeah, like those. Defensive end. And it may not be year to year, but there's going to be years we're going to have in the higher 20s just because of... I think the, evolu- again, the, I think the evolution of the higher of a- 20s, that means half of the team is turned over. That's true. Yeah. I feel like the evolution of a college roster is happening quicker than the evolution of a... Well, they only have roster. three to four years to play, but... That's what I'm saying. But, I, like, you... And obviously, like you said, the, the stars of your team feel like they're there for a decade. But the periphery is is not like if you looked at the Broncos roster from the last two years, I bet it's night and day difference. Yeah, but part of that's got to be because of how they're doing on the field. So now they're trying to trade away some of those guys for draft picks and stuff like that. I know, but his whole statement was there was less turnover. I know. I still stand by that, but now you're just saying a lot of numbers and stuff, and I (laughs) lost interest. Just information and facts. No, and and when I. When I'm watching the combine, it's sort of like I'm looking for players who are who I already know about yeah. and see how they do rather than oh how this you know how the offensive line group do who do I hope my team gets yeah and I, I don't know I think this it's the biggest difference between obviously the NBA and the NFL is because the NFL you're constantly hearing people who are undrafted free agents making big time plays or fifth and sixth round picks where in the NBA, if you don't have, I think it's a top 12 pick, then honestly it's less than a coin flip that you actually get a, a productive rotation player. And so like the NBA, out of their 15 guys they have on their roster, there's obviously less turnover there because there's, there's just not the influx of. Here's a random question. Because there was football being played on television today. Yep. <clears throat> How do you think that hurt the numbers of people who were turning tuning in to watch the NFL Combine with the XFL being on TV today? Well, I didn't watch that either. So <laughs> there was a guy that they said was starting quarterback, starting at quarterback for an XFL team today that never started a high school varsity game. Yeah. And didn't even make the varsity team at some college he went to. They said he was eighth on the depth chart, which is, you know, I don't even have that. That probably goes to show you that. And now he's earned the starting quarterback job on on an XFL team. And he's getting paid hundreds of dollars. Yeah, hundreds. (laughs) Literally hundreds (laughs) of dollars. And I don't know if you, do you guys know that uh, Major League Soccer season started today? So that's what else is on. I I didn't watch any of that either. And it was a little upsetting because... Are you a fan of any sport there, Kyle? Had a nice little nice little Saturday. High school basketball, this team's going to state. Yeah, I, I That's went all to, he cares about. I went to, went to basketball practice this morning, getting ready for that state tournament. Uh, then my wife had to do some work in, in her classroom. And so Leo, teacher. Leo and I watched Toy Story 4. Mm. Yeah, Andy was watching Finding Nemo yeah. today. I, yeah. I had not seen the Toy Story 4 one yet. so We just watched we Toy watched Story that. 2. That's all we get to. Yeah. Pretty sad. I watched it some was. Fuller House was, today. It kind of caught me off guard. I was, did not see the, the ending coming of Toy Story 4. I don't want to spoil Tim it for Tim Allen said he cried during the reading of the Oh, script. yeah. I, I, I can like, imagine. Wow. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, it was, it was crazy to me. I thought the way Toy Story 3 was about to end when they were going down towards the fire, I was like, oh man, like that was pretty emotional for a, for a Toy Story game. And then uh, just to keep the good times rolling, I, I'm about five-sixths of the way through uh, Endgame. It's the first time I've watched it since we watched it in the oh, theater, wow. so Avengers Endgame. We're just about ready to get to when, spoiler alert, when they all come back and uh, they, we start getting the Wakanda war chants and stuff like that and the weird scene when they just have all women characters in, in, in shot. Uh, so, no, had a good little Saturday, pretty relaxing. Uh, I did think about, though, and this is going to be way off topic. This is where it gets off the rails. We're part of that AMC club that you can go to movies free. I have not gotten my money's worth <laughs> I haven't this year. Like, like this this summer, now that my kid's a little older and is not as much of a, a pain just to kind of take care of by yourself. Like, I'm going to have to go to about a movie every day just to make sure and kind of get back into the original idea of Stimulus Tuesday. Whether a movie every day? Well, that's probably getting a little far Plus, you got to golf with Andy. Yeah, so <laughs> Monday true. is golf with Andy. Uh, Tuesdays with Maury. <laughs> but Speaking of yeah. tears. Oof. I, I, think we need to, I think we need to rekindle the, the true Stimulus Tuesday where... Man, that first year we went to a bunch of bad movies just because. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, that was part of the experience. It was. You know? Didn't we go to Warcraft? Uh, yeah. Went what was Warcraft. that other movie thing that you guys had where you got free movies? That but Mike and Dave's wedding, whatever. Yeah, that, they went out of business because yeah, they were movie pass. giving away too many free. I movies. I wrote that thing down into the. <laughs> yeah. Squeeze every cent out of them. But no, that's that's my goal for the summer, and shoot, it might be my goal as soon as. As soon as our state tournament's over, because I'll be a little freer in the afternoons too. Start going to a, to a random Wednesday afternoon flick. Oh. You're like not a, invited. Sounds like a nice spring. Yeah. I can like those movies. You guys want me to read you out loud what Andy wrote down to talk about? Sure. RB's 40, John Taylor 4.39, AJ Dillon 4.53, 250 pounds. <laughs> Khalil Davis, 4.75.40. That's the, uh, yeah. I'm that's the entire that list of research back. that Andy brought so, to the podcast today. Danny, I'm going to give you 15 <laughs> guesses to tell me where A.J. Dillon played college football at. It sounds like an Ohio State name. Nope, that's J.K. Dobbins. Come on. You just want me to just keep you yelling? You have 14 more. <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> nope. You know it's going to be some random school. Can you tell... Can, oh, okay. Is he no, from the can you tell me conference? conference? Nope, he, he's a Division One. Can you tell me what Power conference Five he's in? conference? It's the ACC. F- uh, Florida State? No. North Carolina? No. Syracuse? No. Brandon, let him know. I don't know. Oh my! <laughs> I, I don't know. I should. So, well, just so everyone knows, he's so, he's 250 pounds, yeah. and he ran a four-five-three. So Solid. AJ Dillon went to Boston College. And Boston College's head coach got fired this year, even though they had a Going to Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was Danny. Colorado <laughs> State. That's brought it back up. <laughs> but uh, so a few years ago, Please it would have been A.J. Dillon's sophomore year. It looked like an O-lineman running the ball, and he was good. And then he got hurt his junior year, tore his ACL or hurt his knee or something like that. But I was just so enthralled with this guy who weighed 250 pounds running the ball and, like, averaging – 
180 yards per per game. Sounds like a Darnell Warfolk. And that's kind of what he he looked like, but they ran a very pro system. And so to see him at 250 pounds or so run a 4-5-3, I thought that was pretty impressive, especially after uh, Derrick Henry kind of was the MVP of the running back class. This year in the NFL. Just thought it was kind of a replica. Um, but then Jonathan Taylor. Except for he won the Heisman. And we had 15 guesses to even get close to where, knowing where this guy played. Obviously, he didn't have good players around. Yeah, but where did Monster no, go? But did you know where Monster Purdue. went? I know, but did you know that before you looked it up last week? I didn't look that up. I knew that. No, that. That no, he didn't. Either. I looked it up. <laughs> now he knows it. No, with, with all of the research, you really think I looked up where Raheem Mostert went to school? No, because no. I did. Yeah, because you did. <laughs> you asked me, and I told you he went to Purdue. All right. Anyway, um, but then Jonathan Taylor to see how crazy of a college career he had. Um, and, you know, Wisconsin hasn't always translated to the NFL. Um, on everyone. Yeah, Monte Ball. Yeah, on everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Melvin Gordon, I think, held well, his Well, that's own. what I'm saying. Like, on every one, like, every other seems like it's a it's a pretty home run hit. But Jonathan Taylor, who actually ran had the fastest time for the running backs, I thought was pretty impressive because he's not the smallest running back either. Yeah, but he was a track star. Well, I know, but that's what people don't give him credit that he is due with that idea because he was a track star. If you're drafting a quarterback from college, you want one with – a lot of the tread on the tires like that, like back-to-back 2,000 yeah. years, or do you want – I'm just curious. Well, like, and that's the thing. I always like, want the Eagles to take somebody kind of like that, and then they always take, like, the person who is the backup of that person in, who played one year after they – you know what like I mean? With, like, Sanders, that's who you're talking yeah, about, Yeah, and right? I'm like, what? That would be cool if we actually got – but, I mean, Sanders turned out to be good too, but he's not as good and, as – And that's the, that's the hardest party. part because, A, Jonathan Taylor – Got the ball 30 times a game, it seemed like. And yeah. So you're asking, because he played all three years. He was at Wisconsin, and now that shoots 800 carries, but he's getting tackled. And not. how many running backs are most likely going to last past their rookie contract anyway? Especially yeah. now, you know, so just... With all that roster turnover. Get it all off it and then, and then get your or new Or does one. it? Or just <laughs> keep it while they're cheap, you know? Yeah, that's... That's one thing that they were also talking about, how like the chances of a running back being picked in the first round was like slim to none because there were no Saquon Barkleys yeah. or anything like that. So, Which is funny how Jonathan Taylor has all the records through his first three years, but he's no Zeke Elliott. He's no Saquon Barkley, even though you know Barkley and Elliott do more and are more well-rounded, but statistically... You didn't see anything like Jonathan Taylor ever. Well, that just goes to your point of of the background and just the dynamics of the game and the vision. Because obviously, if you just look at yards, and that's one thing. But if you're actually diving deep into the film, and I I can't remember who it was like the over the last couple of years, but running backs who have had good years, but the advanced analytics actually said that. They left 500 yards on the field just by the amount of holes and cutbacks and lanes that they've missed. And that, that's the information that's fascinating to me. And that's obviously just people pouring themselves over video and knowing exactly what to look like, look at and stuff like that. But uh, It's kind of the old baseball, like, when do you put the shift on, stuff like that. Yeah. Like, why are, half the time it doesn't matter, so why are we really wasting a ton yeah. of time? But at the same time, it's fun to dive But, in. yeah, those... Those guys get 
pay a lot of money to know those kind of things. So, and it's interesting. It kind of goes back to the guys doing the replays, like the XFL. You get to listen to them now. And turns out these guys have no more knowledge and no more insight than we do sitting on our couch. There's a lot of the times where these GMs are just that much smarter than us. And then you'll hear some give interviews and you're like, wow, like I, <laughs> this guy is not any smarter than I am. He just happened to be in the right spot at the right time, probably six different times. And now he's picking people in the NFL. Be pretty awesome. That would be sweet. <laughs> I'll shoot anything else I'm gonna put on this. I don't know. I feel like it, we kept her pretty on topic tonight. We didn't get anything no too crazy. No movie quotes. Yeah. Well, when you see when you say Jonathan Taylor, it makes me think of Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Home Improvement. <laughs> Girl, home yeah. Improvement. What was, what's your favorite uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas vehicle besides Home Improvement? I, I don't. I couldn't probably I'll name. Be, I'll be home for Christmas. See, I'd that was one I just watched recently. Here's a in, inside fact of for I'll be home for Christmas, and it wasn't. It's obviously not a great movie, but this is. It's about a college kid who's trying to uh, take his girlfriend to Hawaii instead Jessica of going home. Jessica Biel, right? Yeah, yeah. Instead of going home for Christmas because his dad was getting remarried to a woman that he didn't like, but he decided because his dad said if he was home by dinner time on Christmas Eve, he got this brand new car. <laughs> or not a brand new car. He got this really nice convertible car or whatever. But that's not the... I'm not going to give you the... Are you going to tell us the entire movie? If you wanted me to. I, we do. We did not run over time yet, so we've got time to But the thing about I'll Be Home for Christmas is the opening credits goes like through uh, like the, the map of the United States and just a bunch of like random different like communities and, and stuff like that. Just like you're looking at a map. The old Highway 20 got some love. I got to see Cody, Nebraska oh, on really? the map. Yep. Cool. And I think like the Lincoln area was also a part of the – because it just like – it went from California, and I can't remember if he was going to New York or somewhere on the East Coast. So it was kind of like going through his path of like where his road trip was. If he's going to end up in Cody to go to the yeah, Lincoln, who would have thought? East Coast, but, that is not a very – So, yeah, if you're ever watching, I'll be home for Christmas. What do you think happens more in this podcast? I say I mentioned soccer, or Kyle mentions his hometown. <laughs> soccer, you think? Well, I brought it. Well, tonight you've only had one. Yeah, it's one to one tonight. Okay, but I always wanted the bedroom that those kids had in Home Improvement with the two beds. Yeah, that they were had tiered. Like, yep. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Awesome. And they always jumped off the bed to dunk it on that oh. hoop that always broke down. Oh. Uh, do you like the upstairs bedroom better or the downstairs bedroom that Tim built for Randy? I like Andy? the downstairs better. Yeah, that had the reverse laundry chute with more power and it like sucked. I don't even up. remember that. Well, see, you're not you're not a JTT fan. I like baseball. No, I never said I was a fan. I just said it. That's what came to mind. So here, here's another story you about your hometown. No, no, about home improvement. <laughs> So I was I can't even I can hardly remember doing it, but obviously I I do. But I must have been a big home improvement fan as I was getting uh, when I was pretty young. It was kind of when the the kids on the show were older. And here here's a, a soccer story for you. Oh, uh, great! The older son uh, Brad was a soccer player who was going to go to. Do you guys know the college? Cornell, UCLA recruited him to play soccer yeah. at college. Big. And so. I don't even remember why, but I was a huge. His, his name was Zachary Ty Bryan, 
And he got really goofy looking when he got older. Yeah, and I don't know what it was about that show, but he had Zachary Ty Bryan, he had Jonathan Taylor Thomas, and he had like Noah Aaron Smith or yeah. something. Yeah. They all used three names. So what do most assassins and the people on Home Improvement have in common? Use three names. Three names. So there you go. What do you mean by assassins? Like well, John Wilkes. Which, assass- which assassinations do you believe in first? We'll start <laughs> yeah. with that. John Wilkes Booth. Uh, that's there's some gray area there. You, do you think Lincoln was assassinated? Yeah, but I don't know if it was by John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, before we dive into this, I got my punchline to my story. Oh yeah, I was not even telling that. Yeah, it's a long story that I'm making Dang. longer. Anyways. Can I just interrupt? <laughs> no. Did you guys ever watch Melrose Place? No, I didn't. Because the guy on Melrose Place is actually a professional soccer player, and he played for the LA, LA Galaxy. Uh, <laughs> anyway, do you want to go back to your story? Yeah. Zachary Ty Bryan, I was a fan for some reason. Is this the finish of your story? Yeah. I, I wrote him a letter, like fan mail. <laughs> <laughs> I was only like 15 or 16 years old when this came out. Wait, you were 16 years <laughs> old right now? <laughs> that was the joke. Of it. No, I was like five or six years old. And so I wrote him a, a fan letter because it was in some magazine that I was like, and so here's the, the kick in the shorts. I got one back. Holy cow. But here's the thing, because I was young enough, I don't know if he actually wrote me back no, or if my grandma wrote no. me a letter from Zachary Ty Not Ty even Bryan. someone like from his office. You no, just think. no. I actually, it's either Zachary Ty Bryan actually wrote me back or my grandma wrote me a letter from Zachary so, Ty Bryan. So, have you seen New Girl at all? No. Well, uh, Schmidt thinks Batman writes to he him. He said no. No, he's using character <laughs> names like he's saying. You know, Schmidt. <laughs> I don't feel like one of the main Schmidt. <laughs> but the main ki- one of the main characters, Schmidt, thinks Batman writes to him. But it's really just his other friend who writes as if he's a What were you telling this kid, this guy, in a letter? I, I can barely remember doing it. I just remember getting the letter back. But I think I had said something about I'm a huge fan and... Uh, I remember talking about soccer and like, are you? A, I, I remember asking the question, are you a real soccer player or is it just something you do on TV? <laughs> but again, <laughs> deep. You guys never wrote like, fan, fan no. mail to famous people? No. Well, like, you didn't you write to a bunch of college football coaches oh, and yeah. get like pictures and stuff back from them? Yeah, I'd hang them up in my. In my classroom when I taught them. So. And my, did any of them, were they real soccer players? <laughs> or did you I not mean, ask them that? <laughs> I guess it didn't come up. And Here's now a, maybe, maybe that, it was my grandma who sent them all back to me. <laughs> who, sure. So that can't be the only fan letter he's written. So let's get to the re- no, this Posh Spice. I guess did you I write, write to Posh Spice? Oh, I should have, though. <laughs> I'm actually pretty sure that was always something that, like, in those... Teen Beat magazines and stuff like yeah. that, they always put in, like, hey, if you want to send mail, like... So you're also now saying that you were a subscriber to some Teen Well, 17, beat. yeah. My sister would get it, and that was always the first thing i grab out of the mail. <laughs> was uh, your sister's 17 magazine? Yeah. <laughs> and my mom's J.C. Penney's catalog. <laughs> but... Speaking of catalogs, did you guys... Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you guys, you guys, Speaking of catalog, you guys weren't young enough, but did you ever get the Sears catalog around Christmas time? No, that's that what I'm saying. The awesome, J.C. Penney's catalog yeah, it was, was like the one all the awesome toys. stuff in it. Amazon yeah. kind of did that this year. They did. You know, yeah, it was kind of. They did, and my five year old daughter spent like an entire week carrying that thing around, flipping Fold, through yeah, it, folding pages. She over. was back memories. and I told her to X or to star things that she might like for Christmas. Well, she starred all the things that she liked. And then she started starring all the things that her brothers would like too, but she didn't like say who's who's who's. So that sounds like when people say, "Hey, here's your Bible. Highlight the passages that mean the most to you," and people just like highlight the whole thing. Yep. That sounds like what you just did with your five-year-old daughter. I thought, like, when you're taking a college class and reading the textbook, were you highlighting? Were you. I would always do that. I'd start highlighting, and then I'd be so like, you, did I highlight the right stuff, or did I highlight the wrong stuff? See, we teach that in my ninth grade class, and no more than five words at a time, or else you get every line highlighted, yeah. and it doesn't do anything for you. So back to my fan mail that I used to write. <laughs> I used to get Sports Illustrated for kids. I did, yeah, too. Was good and I, think, I feel like it probably did. Yeah. Like, Gave there me. would be an athlete saying if yeah. you want to write to him. Yeah, I never did because I realized that some athletes not going to give a crap about what I write. You never yeah. know. If you were famous, would you care about some? If you got a letter from a kid from a, Cody, Nebraska, yeah, a small town kid saying how much you meant to him. Not if it was from Cody, Nebraska. No, but a bigger town maybe. What about Valentine, Nebraska? Eh, might be all right. If it had the special Heart City stamp on it that they come out with every Valentine's Day. See, I I would be. Like, lightly famous and probably get, like, one piece of fan mail every six, six well, to eight here's months. The thing. How, I would definitely read that. How how cool is it when a random person who listens to us, you just said we had a, a local politician yeah, text you. Like elected how, official listens how, how, to the show. How cool did you feel when that happened? And now you're, you're saying that you, you would be get. You'd be yeah, you so know what? famous. I that think I'm going to have my grandma text him back. <laughs> <laughs> but... Please send all Sing Second fan mail to uh, <laughs> Sing Second. No, it, that is really cool. But uh, but no, I do have one, uh, one more story dealing with uh, some fan mail. Here's uh, here's my second mention of my high school. Oh, uh, we used to at the in the spring of every school year, like. Here at our school, we have a banquet for each individual sport that everybody has to put on themselves. At my school, because it was small enough, we had just one activities banquet at the end of the year. And everybody, like the football had their time, the basketball had their time. And we always tried to uh, get like a keynote speaker in a sense. And so uh, one year, my sister uh, wrote Matt Davidson and asked him if he would want to come speak at our school and he actually did he came and, and spoke he was our keynote speaker at what's ours he, what's he famous for the catch but and he's running unl right now i think he's the one but, who actually like signed scott frost yeah but so after that happened um the next year i wrote scott frost i wrote ralph brown and i wrote mike brown oh, ralph brown yeah and mike brown were two mile yep. favorites. and i I don't can't remember if Mike Brown ever sent me anything back, but uh, Ralph Brown actually sent me a handwritten note back that was written on paper, like Brandon had his notes written yeah. on, just saying pretty much, "Hey, appreciate you being a fan. I won't be able to do this, but yada yada yada." And Scott Frost actually sent me something back and pretty much said, "Hey, 
well, and I, I had sent it through somebody else. So he, he replied and said, hey, uh, her name was Deanna. She's like, hey, Deanna, I'm sorry I won't be able to come do this because I'll be preparing for the NFL draft, yada, yada, yada. He said, but please give Kyle this autographed uh, picture uh, and tell him I really appreciate him asking. And to this day, that autographed picture and the letter that he wrote is hanging up in my parents' motel right now. So that's cool. there's my second story of fan mail. Not quite as funny as that <laughs> Prime, but no, that's pretty cool. You ever write to anybody? No. I had a pen pal in fourth grade. He's from Ooh. Poland. Pen pals were fun. His name was Email. <laughs> That's weird. It's often close to email. <laughs> <laughs> was it? Was it your grandma? No. <laughs> you know those How school pictures know? we get? I guess I can't be sure. I used to autograph those and send them to <laughs> at hate my coach. Uh, school. <laughs> like in my first few years of teaching, yeah. I'd be like, best wishes and send it to a school. <laughs> so if you're listening to this at hate my coach, um, that's one of the, weird, the weirdest things about teaching is that they give us a whole entire packet of pictures of ourselves. <laughs> like, who wants that? Okay, so I, I hope I don't offend any of you guys if you actually do it. But, like, I love walking around the school because sometimes they'll send you, like, the sticker the things that have your <laughs> yep. picture on Here's it. David's I go put them up on other teachers. <laughs> I've seen, like, rooms. four or five of yours. Yep. But I think it's funny when people actually put those out. Outside of their classrooms. I have one on my the the door that goes from my garage into my house. <laughs> One's on there, and I always take the biggest ones and put them up in my kids' room on like their bulletin board. I think we but. start signing those and giving them out to our uh, Twitter responses and stuff. Feel like oh, oh you get nice. a spin the wheel. <laughs> oh, autograph picture, nice, wallet sized. Hey, do you think B Rock listens to this podcast? God, I wish. I remember his his goal when he was thinking he was gonna be a teacher at North Platte High School. Oh, B Brock. Yeah. yeah. His goal was to have every single one of his oh. pictures starting from year one to year twenty five, and he was gonna put them up in his own classroom. Yeah. And there could not have been anything further from anything I would ever do. <laughs> well, than that, right? have you ever well, seen the guy that taught for like thirty years and wore the, the same, same exact vest, yeah. vest and turtleneck every yeah. year for his picture? So to add on to that B Brock story. So he went like that first year. He put that first picture up on that bulletin board. It went two weeks before it had vandalism printed all yeah. over. <laughs> it's like, what did you expect high school sophomores well, and juniors to do? Actually, you? one time in when I taught middle school, I gave one out to every kid. <laughs> it, no, I gave, I gave it out That's to worse than t- emailing or writing Zachary Time. You only got half the story. <laughs> I, get, I gave I every mean. kid in my homeroom one of my pictures and a Sharpie and like let them like graffiti it up. And then oh, we wow. put them all up on the on the uh, bulletin board. It was kind of fun. I got to draw mustaches. And still creepy though. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Why don't you still do that? I, I think I'm going to. Yeah. I always hate looking at pictures of myself. So. Oh, I like you get I there honestly, first thing in the morning. I'm tired. I don't really want to get my picture taken. They make you stand all awkwardly, and then it's yeah. always I'm not tilting my chin the right way. Yeah. So I got. Sometimes she touches me and like makes me turn my chin, <laughs> which is awkward. Weird. It's getting weird. And I I can't smile like on cue. I can only smile if I have something to smile about. So. And her touching you doesn't do that for <laughs> A few years ago, I was trying to grow a beard, and it was just really bad beard. 
kind of like I got working right now. <laughs> and and then there was an article about our team in the newspaper, and that's the picture that they used. <laughs> it was terrible. No, so, yeah, I hate picture day. When I get the pictures, like I won't even flip it over to nope. see how they turn out. Like I'll grab them, and I I think I have a stack of four. The last four years, pictures are stuffed in my desk in my classroom somewhere. I'm going to find those. You probably would. Yeah. I'll have to move them now. <laughs> but, How nope. far we've come. Any other? That's all the content I've got for today, guys. Who would have thought John Taylor into Jonathan Taylor Thomas into... Zachary Tybron. Yeah, jeez. Good old days of television. Those are the shows I've been watching. Let's make it a goal, each of us, to write a letter to a famous person this week. Yeah, let's make it a... I'm serious. Let's make it a contest. See who gets one written back. Ooh. All right. And then it's going to be a... Then it's going to be a sliding scale. Like, Danny might have gotten his back quicker, but his was a D-list celebrity. <laughs> Andy has to wait a week longer, but his is an A-list celebrity. How do we, how do we decide who oh, wins? Crap. How do we even find an address yeah. to send that stuff to? It's always care of yada 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 like veteran. Yeah, no. Tim Taylor care of tool time. <laughs> That's something that Al Borland would always put. You on. probably did. You send the letter to to Tim Taylor and ask if you could give this give to it him? to his son. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like, I don't know how this works, but uh, I don't know. I wish I could find that letter. It's, oh, that'd be, so do that, we. That'd be awesome. So do we. And then at this point, I would know my. <laughs> My grandma's handwriting enough that maybe it, I could tell if it was actually her or not. Uh, good stuff. I also remember my sister gave me a Mayday basket one time. I don't know if you guys ever got Mayday baskets. Hey, I thought I didn't know it was from her. I thought it was from a friend of mine. But uh, she gave me Barbie Girl by, uh, I can't even remember who what the band Aqua. is. Aqua. Aqua. Yep, she gave me the Aqua Barbie Girl CD wow, in my CD. Mayday basket one time. So, what were your other favorite songs on that disc? Uh, not much of a deep cut, <laughs> deep track guy from Aqua. I just remember playing Barbie Girl a lot. I also have you heard uh, the German version of that song? <laughs> no. Oh. Is it going to be our new theme well, song? Maybe. Yeah, you got to uh, check it out. I also remember listening to a lot of. Not a lot of it. It's only when to get in one song that I know where it's, it's from. I think it was Bare Naked Ladies. A, just because the name of the group was funny when I was growing up. But my friend's got a girlfriend and he... That's not... That's Bare not Bare Naked Ladies. Bare Naked Ladies oh, has lots of good songs. Yeah. Who sings that song? That's though? like uh, Lit or... Uh, Bare Naked Ladies is, sings One Week. One Week. That's a great song. If I Had a Million Dollars. If I... That's a great song. They have a, a rockin' live they may album. Be, they may be... Isn't this the Canadian same band that says Pretty Fly for a White Guy? Oh. Offspring. Offspring. Yeah, yeah Offspring that's it. Exactly. I had that. They, they, had, they had a number of good songs. That's not the Bare Naked Ladies, though. So. You ever written... You, you know we have a listener, kind of the, the, the fifth guy on the podcast, Hauser. Yeah. You ever written... Oh, I was going to say something funny, but... <laughs> you ever ridden around... Probably and, inappropriate... With him and his vehicle, and checked out his CD collection that he still got on the vi- on the flip down visor. <laughs> no, he's got quite a collection. No, so, I, I don't know why this is a lot of mixed discs. Yeah, that he's made himself. Yeah, nice. Road Trip Mix '99. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing we should all do one time is just everybody find an old mix CD that they brought in just to 
Maybe that should be a summertime pod. It's like, hey, everybody, find one of your old mixed mixtapes and let's just see what, oh, man, see what happens. I think that'd be fun. That'd be good. That'd be a good one. It was weird back when, like, you had to limit, like, 12 songs or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Because now you can make a playlist however the heck long yeah. you want. Like, no. Plans for I, next it, Like, right now, if I had to pick, like, just 12 songs... I would always. Mm, yeah. Possibly. Do you guys ever have any like old computers that you don't ever use anymore, and then like you log Was on? Napster still on it. Well, like mine was LimeWire and FrostWire, but my childhood computer my mom just got rid of, and she's like, "Hey, let get anything off of it that you, that you want to." So like I, I turned the computer on, and automatically, do you know what happened? I signed on to MSN Messenger automatically. <laughs> <laughs> like the automatic sign-on went on. I was like, oh, man. Those anybody on? Did you talk to anybody on? <laughs> online right now. Those were the days. But right then, in the crazy font and the different yeah, colors. Uh, and then just, yeah, just getting on to my, that computer and looking at the music that I had on there, uh, I had to rip it all off there. So now it's on a big flash drive. Cool. So, cool. Yeah. Do you have anything else that takes a flash drive? I was thinking floppy disk, but never mind. Hmm. Also an inappropriate joke that you can make with those, but I think that about ends it. Yeah. Uh, extra points. Danny, what's your extra point? I feel like the last half yeah, hour is extra points, <laughs> but all. I stand by. I think there's more turnover on a college roster than on an NFL roster. Next, Andy, extra point. I want to hear more about the letters that Kyle's written to other stars, so you got to get on that memory train. I think that was about yeah. it. I'm honest. I'm, I wouldn't lie to you guys here, but I'm putting my putting myself out there. <laughs> Brandon, you got any extra points? I thought it was cool that Carolina Hurricanes emergency <laughs> goalie. Did you hear about the oh, Zamboni yeah. driver? The Zamboni driver and makes his saves and they win the game. I thought that was cool. I desperately want to drive a Zamboni. Really? Yeah. Desperately? I do. That and I want I want to operate one of those giant excavators. You know, you ever watch those gold rush shows where they're just digging up earth with an excavator? I want to operate one of those too. Worked for the county a couple of times over the summer. Where it wasn't at uh, a Cherry County oh, okay. District Three. Uh, but towns are around there. Heart City. Anyways, uh, I never got. The, they obviously never trust me enough to ever <laughs> use one of those. But like, I got to drive. Uh, probably not the big ones that you're trying to think about. Yeah. But I got to drive. Couple of those around the the yard, moving it from one place to the other. <laughs> you got to drive it around, but they're like, yeah. can't operate. Yeah, the don't move the arm. <laughs> no, what are those little ones that like um, people little use, bobcats? People use to put in like sprinklers and stuff. Yeah. I'd even take one of those. Oh shoot, I've driven those before, yeah. but no, I got to actually drive one of those big ones that had like the tracks. Yeah, really hard. That's to, what I'm talking. Really about. hard to maneuver those. I also got to drive a big motor grader down the highway, getting it from one place to the other. That was a lot of fun. Be fun. Like, even when I drive in a big vehicle, I feel like I'm on top of the world. Yeah. Okay, because you're, you're sitting up a little bit higher. Mm -hmm. But man, I felt like I was indestructible oh. cruising down the highway oh. 30 miles an hour in the motor grader. I'd like to do that. But Is that your extra point? Yeah, pretty much. Shout out to Cherry County District 3. Thanks for giving me my first real-time summer job. All right. All right, thanks again, everybody, for listening. And we'll catch you on the next time. We'll be probably talking about more spring and we bring in our mixtapes. <laughs>